Welcome to Not Another Teen Drama, a podcast where we analyze the evolution of teen shows from the 90s until today. We're your hosts, Amy and Gina, and we're on a quest to watch the pilot episode of every teen drama. Today, we made it to 1999, and we will be discussing the pilot episode of Get Real. Get Real premiered on September 8, 1999, and ran for one season. It follows the dysfunctional Green family as the parents face a midlife crisis and the kids go through their teenage years, which is what happens in this episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, that's exactly what happens. So what's your relationship to the show, Amy? I've never heard of it, never seen it. I was scrolling on Wikipedia, I think, looking at all the teen shows, and I was like, oh, this one has Anne Hathaway in it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we should watch it. I've never heard of it either, so when you brought it up, I was like, oh, what is this? And I did learn that it is Anne Hathaway and Jesse Eisenberg's debuts into, like, TV. So I was like, oh, well, that's, like, Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I had never heard of this show before, but those are two big names. Right, it's interesting because we've already done Freaks and Geeks, which also only ran for one season, Mm -hmm. had a ton of big names that are now very famous, and... I mean, I think both Anne Hathaway and Jesse Eisenberg are equally famous to those names that were in Freaks and Geeks, Um, but this one season show did not get the same, like, cult following or, like, acclaim that Freaks and Geeks did, which I I wonder if it's, it's not streaming anywhere. I I, I I feel like streaming has a big effect on whether old shows become popular yet or stay relevant, and no streaming service wants to pick this one up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how well this show was received at the time. Right. It also had two unaired episodes, so mm-hmm. I think it was canceled before it could air those. Um, so it might not have been very popular. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, we'll get into it, but I feel like it took, like, it has, like, kind of, like, tropes or different things from other teen dramas we've already covered, but obviously just didn't do them as successfully, I guess. Right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there was also wasn't that much information on the show when I tried to like do some research. It was just kind of like Anne Hathaway and Jesse Eisenberg. That's it. Yeah. Well, I guess let's get into the character breakdown. We have uh, Kenny Green, played by Jesse Eisenberg. He's the youngest brother. Um, I assume he's a freshman. From I think so. Okay. Yeah. He yeah he's the youngest of three siblings, um, and his at least what I took from the show, his number one character trait is that he's obsessed with boobs. That's, like, all he talks about. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, a teenage boy, what does he like? Boobs. Yeah. I was like, okay, sure. And then we have Megan Green, played by Anne Hathaway. She's the oldest of the three siblings. Um, she's very smart. We learned she's valedictorian, accepted to Berkeley, like, very successful. Very typical eldest daughter or eldest sibling kind of uh, character, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And then we have Cameron Green, who is played by Eric Christian Olsen. He's the middle brother, so that makes him either a sophomore or a junior. I'm not sure which. Yeah, they don't specify. Um, and then he likes to skateboard and have sex, and those are his two personality traits. Yes. <laughs> um, then we have Mitch Green, played by John Tenney. He's the dad. And Mary Green, played by Deborah Ferentino, is the mom. And then Elizabeth Parker, played by Christina Pickles, and she's the grandma. So, yes. that's the whole family. That's all, I didn't, I only wrote down the family members. And also in this episode, we have uh, Jane Cohen, who's played right. by January Jones. Right! And I think this was also one of her first acting credits. Oh, okay, I did read that, I didn't write it down. Okay, cool. Also known as the uh, briefly dating Nick Vile. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> For those Bachelor fans out there. <laughs> well, should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into the plot. The show opens with a flash forward of the Green family frantically getting into a car. We cut to Mary and David happily married with their kids, Kenny, Megan, and Cameron bringing them breakfast in bed. It is revealed that this is Mary's dream and she wakes up to her real husband, Mitch, yelling at her. Fully did not understand that dream sequence. <laughs> yes, so she's having a dream about another guy. It's not her husband. 
Oh, I did not get that. Okay. I feel like because it was the opening scene, I we weren't aware of who her husband is. Right. So I was like, I assume that's her husband, and they're both generic white men. So I was like, oh, it's the same guy. Obviously not. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but I thought it was, I, I before I realized it was a dream sequence, it's like them in bed, like, I mean, it's not like explicitly having sex, but they're like doing things in bed, and then uh-huh. their kids walk in, and I was like... Is this normal? What's going on? It's, but then it was like, oh, it's a dream. Like, okay, of course this wouldn't happen in real life. Yeah, that'd but, be awkward. Yeah, I was like, this is like too much. Like the kids just acted completely normal walking in on their parents in bed. I was like, oh. Um, but yeah, we learned that Mary is uh, wanting this to happen. But mm-hmm. in real life, she just fights with her husband all the time. Yeah, very sad. <laughs> a lot of fighting. In Kenny's inner monologue, he tells us he can't remember the last time his parents did not wake up fighting. We also learn that their grandma is living with them, they are remodeling the kitchen, and he can't find his airwalks. In Megan's inner monologue, we learn she has a killer bod, she has been accepted to Berkeley, and she has a surprise for her parents. Hmm. This is an interesting kind of format. Right. They break the fourth wall a lot. Like, they're talking directly to the audience. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was almost, like, trying to be, like, a My So-Called Life-ish thing, which, I mean, if you listen to our My So-Called Life episode, I didn't like that uh, storytelling device in My So-Called Life, so I also didn't really like it in this one, and they switch between, do all of them have inner monologues, or is it just the kids? I think just the kids. Okay. Or- yeah, just the kids are talking to the audience. Right. Which is unique for this show because we've seen other shows with a lot of inner monologues, but they're like right. thinking it, you know, but this one's they're actively storytelling. Right. They're just like trying to tell us exactly what's happening. Like, yeah, to, to, the, to the audience. Yeah, it is definitely different. Because like we, they mention like, Oh, I guess in this scene, when, um, also in my notes, I wrote Anne Hathaway and Jesse Eisenberg, because I didn't know their <laughs> names, um, but Megan is, like, explaining things, like, she's talking to the audience, and then she, like, I don't, I didn't know the exact quote, but she basically is like, well, we're not Dawson's Creek or my so-called life, and name drop all these other teen dramas, which was very bold because those teen dramas now looking back are much more successful than they were right but they didn't know that at the time obviously um but it was like interesting because i was like oh you're using like they're using things that they have the other teen dramas have done but like changing it a little bit like instead of just the thoughts it's the talking to the audience and i felt like it was a little bit like look at us we're so much better than those shows but now it's a little bit like oh looking back yeah she says oh, we're not, like, Dawson's Creek with self-aware teens. And she's like, we're not, like, so my so-called life where it's too angsty. And I think... Yeah. But I was like, I feel like both of those things happen right. in the show. So I mean, I don't know it's what, kind of... Yeah, it's weird yeah. to be, like, we're not self-aware when it's like you're literally breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, is this a joke? Is this satire? I think sure. it's supposed to be satire, but it's not... I mean, I feel like they didn't go far enough into the satire for it to, like, for us to get it. It's mm-hmm. a little bit in the between where we're like, is it? Is it not? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And when Megan says, oh, like, I have a surprise, whatever, and she, like, talking to the audience, she's like, no, I'm not pregnant and I'm not gay. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't jump to that conclusion. Yeah. But... Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, did not jump there but I was I guess they're I don't know I was like are they commenting on other shows that because like were there was there a show where someone got pregnant in high school already um maybe in like later in the seasons but not in the pilots that we've watched yeah I wonder if they're commenting on like a storyline from a different show Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a common storyline in right. teen shows, like, oh, I'm pregnant, but I don't want to tell my parents. Right, yeah. So that's, like, yeah, I guess that's what they They're just doing. being too self-aware. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I don't, like, and also I feel like, because they jumped into it, like, we don't know the characters enough for, like, us to care yet, so I was, like, okay. Right. Eh, 
I don't know. Mary goes to check on Cameron and finds a girl in his bed. He introduces his mom to Gabby, and Mary tells Mitch to talk to Cameron about it. But Mitch says no, he's late for a meeting. Mary tells Cameron she's upset, but he says at least he's not doing it behind her back. Anne tells her mom she was nominated for valedictorian, and Mary wants to plan a dinner to honor her. At Mitch's office, we learn that his coworker David is cheating on his wife with a Laker girl. Yeah, so we very quickly introduced that Cameron has basically like a rotating list of girls that come through his bed. Yeah. Um, and obviously his mom is like not okay with this. And we learn, I don't know when, but we learned that she was like a teen mom. So she's like very cognizant of like teen pregnancy and you know, he can't get a girl pregnant. It's going to ruin his life. Like blah, blah, blah. Right. So that's why she's terrified of it. Yeah, but... Her kids kind of don't take her advice because they're like, oh, you're not qualified to say anything because you were a teen mom. Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And I thought it was interesting that, like, he, like Cameron, like, really doesn't, like, yeah, you said he really doesn't care, like, when she barges in on them. He's just like, oh, hi, mom, this is Gabby. And it's like, he's like, does not care at all that he was just caught with a girl in his room because... Yeah. I guess, what, yeah, exactly what you said, that their mom was probably doing that in high school, which is how she got pregnant, so... Right. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, they know there's no, like, repercussions, because what what's the mom going to do? Right. And we think, like, that Anne, or that uh, Megan's uh, secret is that she's valedictorian, for a second, because, like, the grandma's like, hey, like, did you tell mom yet? And she's like, no, no, I haven't. So we're like, oh, what is it? And it's like, oh, I'm valedictorian. And it's like, oh, maybe that's not the secret, because why would you be afraid to your parents <laughs> yeah. um, But I I was, is, are you nominated for valedictorian? I thought you just get it, because you have the highest GPA. Or is it called nominated? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I thought it's usually just awarded to the person with the highest GPA. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. So I was like, oh, like, are you nominated against other people? Do you have to win it? Like, I was like, how does this work? <laughs> or maybe they have to, like, look at your final grades at the end of the year. Uh, like, as of now, you're valedictorian, but we'll see what yeah. happens, like, right before graduation. Oh, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Maybe that's it. And then we also established that um, Mary is a party planner for a profession. Right. And so that's why as soon as, like, she finds out that Megan's going to be valedictorian, it's like oh, I have to plan something for you. Like, that's how she, like, responds to everything, is, like, planning. Uh -huh. um, and Megan is, like, annoyed by this. <laughs> she's like, my mom has to plan everything all the time, man. Yeah, and no one's excited for the dinner she's planning. Right. And it's, like, kind of sad because it's, like, people, I think, like, people show love in all different ways. And obviously, like, the mom's way of showing love is, like, oh, I'm good at planning things, so I'm going to plan a dinner or plan a party or do whatever, and that's how I'm going to show you that I care but no one seems very receptive to her, uh, you know, her, her trying to show them that she cares. Right. Yeah. It just seems like none of the family members have that great a relationship. Right. But at least they're better than Mitch's coworker, David, who uh, is cheating on his wife. Yeah, and he even, like, advises Mitch to cheat. Right, uh, yeah, he, in the office. Yeah, because yeah. Mitch is like, oh, I'm having problems with my marriage. And <laughs> David's like, oh, do what I did. Cheat. It's like, the oh. logical conclusion to this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mm. yeah, you can know. Um, and it's like, oh, so, like, they must be in L.A. if it's a Laker girl that he's cheating with. So right. we know where they are. At school, we learned that Megan was dating the student body president, but she dumped him. Kenny has a crush on Jane Cohen who doesn't even know who he is. Frank Ortiz bullies Kenny while he's in the bathroom. He breaks the mirror with his backpack and tells Kenny he'll fight him behind the bleachers tomorrow. Yeah, so I think the, like, whole thing of, like, Megan... Because, like, I think it's in Kenny. Kenny tells us that Megan dated the student body president and broke up with him. And that's, like, part of like, her, like, storyline is, like, she's trying to, like, distance herself and, like, figure herself out... And I feel like that's why she, like, breaks up with him and, you know, like, 
we find yeah. out later other things, but that's a very common thing we've seen in like my so-called life and in like freaks and geeks of just like, you know, teenage girls like wanting a change and kind of just like doing a 180 on everything. Right. Yeah, the the straight-laced girl. She's like, right. is this what I want? Yeah. Tries to rebel mm -hmm. and this was a little bit different because she is graduating. Yeah. So it's kind of a post high school rebellion. Right. There's our like or in my so-called life it's more like an entering high school. Right. And yeah, and then in like freaks and she's kind of like mid high school. Mm -hmm. So it's I feel like more, I mean, I don't know about more realistic. I feel like in my experience, more realistic, because it was like easier to just like, oh, I'll finish high school and then in college I'll figure out who I am type of thing rather than trying to figure out during high school. I feel like that's also very relatable. Right, yeah. Because after high school, you're, you have more freedom, you're a little bit away from your parents and you can just kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, especially if you're going away to college, which we learned that she's accepted to Berkeley and uh, they're in LA, so Berkeley's like eight, an eight hour drive away or something. So, you know, it's far enough away that, you know, her parents can't really tell her what to do, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I, I am interested to see, um, yeah, what, what she's gonna do with her time. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how far this, like, season goes, because they're probably, like, they're, like, in spring semester, right? If she's valedictorian, she must be close to the end of the year. And then mm -hmm. I wonder if the season just goes kind of through the end of the school year, or if, like, we, get the, we would get the summer to see what, <laughs> what happens. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure how close they are to the end of the school year, either. Right, it just must be second semester, it's probably beginning of second semester, I don't know. Yeah. And we meet... Jane Cohen, Kenny's crush, mm -hmm. who is like we assume popular and doesn't know who she is or doesn't know who he is. Yeah, but he's infatuated, obviously. Yes, <laughs> classic. Yes, also like freaks and geeks with yeah. the the geeks, um, Sam. Yeah, who Sam. has a crush. Yeah, it's very yeah very similar because he's kind of like dorky, and then obviously there's the bully trope, which Frank Ortiz is a full grown man. Like, I don't know the actor's <laughs> name, but, like, it wasn't even, like, believable that he's, like, an older high schooler. Like, he looks, like, 30. Like, he looks so old. Yeah. They're like, oh, he hit puberty and grew a bunch. Right? I guess so. But, yeah. Mm, yeah. Definitely. He's definitely a, an adult. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's very just, like, unprovoked. The same thing, like, with Freaks and Geeks. Like, very unprovoked. Like... Kenny's just minding his own business, like, in the bathroom, then, like, Frank Ortiz is like, I'm gonna fight you. It's yeah. like, why? He's literally so tiny. Like, why? Pick on someone your own size. He even, he even says, like, oh, just because I can. Right. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> just Poor be Kenny. a bully because you can. Yeah. All right. Sad. Mary tells Mitch that Megan is valedictorian. They discuss what went wrong in their marriage and agree they missed catching up over breakfast. Kenny goes to Cameron for advice, and Cameron tells he, him he will die if he fights uh, Frank Ortiz. Kenny dreams about losing the fight and his funeral, where Jane mourns him. So he thinks he's fully getting killed. Yeah, I guess <laughs> in this so. Fight. He's like, well, that, this is the end, <laughs> truly. But, yeah, I mean... It was also, like, a thing, like, him going to Cameron for advice was not very, like... Like, they don't really have the, that brother relationship that they're, like, close. It's very, like, Cameron kind of picks on Kenny a lot. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, a very big thing for him to be, like, Cameron, I need help. But, obviously, Cameron's advice is not... Cameron's like, you're gonna good. die. Yeah. Which is also kind of similar to Sam going to Lindsay. But except Lindsay's, like, much more understanding. Yeah, and Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Yeah. I know, she's a good big sister. <laughs> yeah, and Cameron's not. Cameron's like... I mean, later, well, he has a little bit... Of he, redemption. He has a little bit of redemption, but still, at this moment, not not very good. Um, then we get more of the Mary Mitch marriage discussion, which yeah. they I say, like, oh, we used to catch up over breakfast all the time. I miss doing that. Like, we never see each other, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. I guess, yeah, we see that both Mitch and Mary have their own businesses. 
Right. So they're both very busy, and they both prioritize their business over their relationship. Yeah, and then Mitch's solution is, Mary, you used to cook breakfast. Why should you do that again? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mitch, you can also cook, by the way. <laughs> like, right. Come on. The next day, behind the bleachers, Frank shows up on his motorcycle. Kenny gets knocked out and gets a black eye. His mom asks him about it, and he says it's just kids being kids. Mary is hopeful for her date, but it is ruined when Mitch comes home with David because his wife kicked him out for cheating. The Laker girl shows up to join David, and Cameron says she has nice breasts. The, then during dinner, David's wife shows up and flashes the entire dinner table. I, I guess we forgot to mention <laughs> that while they were talking about breakfast, they, they decided to plan a date for the yeah. next night. Yeah. And Mary was very much looking forward to it. It was like them trying to mend their relationship, but obviously it's ruined by uh, Mitch bringing David home because yeah. he has nowhere to go. Uh huh. So, not great. And we also get the focus on boobs again. This they're very they're very focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we meet the Laker girl because she. I don't know, is bold enough to show up and be like, David, <laughs> like, what? I mean, it seems like David invited her. Right, 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 right. And I'm like, so you didn't have to go home with Mitch, right? You could have gone over to her house. Like, why'd True. they all show up at their house, you yeah. know? <laughs> Plot purposes. I know. But yeah, and then apparently, like, his wife also knows he's there and shows up. That was so random, because they're all sitting at the table, and she just like opens their front door and walks in yeah and flashes them and leaves right she doesn't even no one even says anything yeah it's literally like what why and it's like i guess like she thinks that david left her or like cheated on her because he likes the lakers girls laker girls breasts and so she's like oh i have to show you i have good breasts too it's like what like what 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 prepubescent boy wrote this episode? Like, what is going on? Yeah, she's like, oh, like, these are the breasts of, like, a mom with two kids or something. Mm. So she, so she's, like, saying, oh, you left me because, like, my boobs aren't the same anymore. Right. <laughs> like, right. But is, she, yeah. <laughs> like, but she's, like, prove it by, like, showing everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, this is such yeah. a weird, like... Hot point. Yeah. yeah, they just mention boobs like throughout this entire episode. Yeah, because Kenny's whole thing before the fight is like, I can't die without seeing my first boob. And then like he at dinner, she like comes and flashes the table, and he's like, Well, I guess this is it, the first one I see. It's like, like okay, yeah. like I'm like confused about who, like who the audience is supposed to be for this show, because I feel like teen dramas are normally like targeted at like teenage girls most of the time right but i mean i'm no longer a teenage girl but i can say i this was not a storyline that i would have been like this would not have enticed me to continue watching the show right yeah yeah it seems more targeted towards like boys which is weird because the show as a whole isn't targeted boys just that like kind of storyline i feel Mm -hmm. because it's, I don't know, and it's a kind of, like, family, like, oriented teen drama, because it's, like, focused on the family more than, like, the high school specifically, but we still obviously get the high school drama as well, mm-hmm. and normally those kind of shows can be targeted as, like, a family show, but obviously this isn't a family show because I cannot imagine sitting down with my parents, like, watching this and being, like, okay, this is good, like, no. Yeah, it'd be uncomfortable. Right, so it's, like, who, yeah, maybe that was a problem, they didn't know how to, didn't know who to target. Uh-huh. Or, like, the audience they were trying to target, they didn't do it very well, so that's why it didn't do well, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I also wanted to say that um, David's wife is played by the same actress who plays Janice in Friends. Oh, yeah! I, oh, my gosh, I totally I didn't, like, oh, a little didn't cameo. notice that. Yeah, and um, Christina Pickles, who plays the grandma, is Monica's mom in Friends as well. Oh. So, it's, like, two Friends, like, cameos. And this is... 99 so this is in the middle of friends okay because friends was 94 to 2004 yeah so um and i think she's only in it for the pilot i think according to imdb maggie wheeler plays uh janice and david's wife 
Yeah, so we had good actors in this. That's another thing. It's like the actors were good. It was just maybe the writing that did it didn't hold it up very well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It is interesting because so many of the actors are very famous. Yeah. Yeah, I think their biggest problem was just knowing who to target for their audience. Right. It, it was just confusing. Later, Mary and Mitch have a discussion, and Mary tells him she is mad that he brought David home. She says he needs to choose her. The next day at school, Kenny calls Jane on his cell phone and asks her to lunch. He says he could change her life, and she agrees. He walks past Frank Ortiz and realizes Cameron punched him in the face. But then he sees Jane kissing Cameron. Sad. Too bad. <laughs> He, he, was, he, almost, he almost got a date. Yeah, this whole phone exchange was very confusing to me because I don't understand how cell phones in the 90s worked, obviously. Because he, like, calls her, but then... Or does he, like, page her or something? And then she calls him, and then he picks up. It's something weird like that. Right, because she doesn't know who's calling her. Right. How did, but also, we don't know how Kenny got her number, Right? No. He just, like, has her number. Yeah. I'm not sure how... How do pagers work? Do, can you call people on pagers? I don't know. Also, my knowledge of pagers comes from friends, which... <laughs> not much. They use them, so I don't know. But, yeah, because I think she does get, like, a page. Yeah, I think he pages her, and maybe he says, like, call me or something? Do you, is paging, like, texting? I don't know. Yeah, I think the pager, like, has, like, a little text box. And okay, then, like, so you could, things like... will go across the little screen. Gotcha. But, yeah, I'm like, do they have cell phones and pagers, or can you call from a pager? <laughs> I don't know. I guess, yeah, I don't know. Is it the same... Yeah, I don't know. It could be the same device. Maybe, like, there was, like, an interim, like, before, like, we got cell phone cell phones, we got, like, a hybrid pager cell phone thing, which is what they have. I don't know. But yeah. yeah, but I think he pages her or something like call me and then she's like, Who's this? and calls him and then he's like, What do you have lunch plans? And she's like, Who is this? And he's like, I can change your life and then she's like, Okay, I'm intrigued. I'll agree to lunch with you and then like they hang up and then he walks by Frank Ortiz and sees that he's been like punched mm -hmm. and he's like, Oh, that's why Cam I because he saw Cameron earlier. He's like, Oh, that's why Cameron's like fist was like hurting oh he pushed a punch Frank for me that's nice or whatever yeah and then he turns and he's like oh no and it's like Cameron kissing Jane which <laughs> maybe so Jane must be like a year older than him I think or maybe they're the same age and Cameron's a year older I don't know yeah I don't know Jane is in his class right so. they both class together so probably the same year yeah it just seems like Cameron like hits on everybody doesn't matter what grade they're in. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's that is his uh, uh his vibe this mm -hmm. episode. Also, yeah, I yeah I would have been upset. I feel if if like Mitch brought David home when oh, they were yeah. supposed to have a date, right? And it, like it would be one thing if David was like so upset, but he wasn't upset at all, right? And it's like he's a grown man. He must have other friends. He must have somewhere else to go. Like it is. Mitch, David's only friend, only coworker, only person, maybe the only person that knew he was cheating on his wife. I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, not great, Mitch. At Megan's dinner, Mary gives a speech about how proud she is, but Megan announces that she is not going to college and she turned Berkeley down. Megan fights with her mom about it and says she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life and wants to figure it out. Mary and Mitch fight about it and Mitch says he will sleep on the couch. That's the big surprise. Yeah. She's not going to college. She's like, I'm gonna figure out my life. Which, good for you. I Like, yeah, I don't think you should go to college if you don't want to go to college. Agreed. You know, but, yeah, she would, like, need a plan, I guess? Right. I like, feel like, yeah, on one hand, it's very, like, first world problems. Like, she has, obviously, the ability to pay, like, her parent, family has the ability to pay for her to go to Berkeley. She's smart enough to get into Berkeley. Like, you know, she has this big opportunity. But on the other hand, I agree with you. Like, you shouldn't go to college if you're just going to, like, waste it away and, like, not actually want to be there. And also, basically, be, if your parents are paying for it, wasting your parents' money on it if you don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. 
a la Olivia Jade, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And so I agree, like, there should be a better, like, rhetoric around that in America and just in general. Like, I feel like other countries have a better, like, culture when it comes to this, where it's, like, either take a gap year or, like, pursue something else that doesn't need a college degree, like, go to a trade school or you know, become an entrepreneur if you want to, you know, like certain things like that. But agree, she doesn't really have a plan at this point, which is probably scary for her parents. Yeah. I'm like, she doesn't need to go to Berkeley, but she could go to community college, you know, yeah. if she doesn't, if she doesn't know what she wants to do, like might Agreed. as well take some classes and some random subjects. Exactly. Yeah. That's definitely like a compromise that is pretty, would be pretty reasonable, I think for her parents, mm-hmm. you know, like, they're in L.A., they have very good community colleges in the area. Uh, or you could even go to community college like, in a different city if you wanted to. A lot of people do that as That's well. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are lots of options. And her parents, like, are, like, her mom is not very receptive. And because her mom is a planner, she's, like, already always had a plan for Megan. Like, Megan's going to do well in school. She's going to go to a top college. She's going to do this and that and whatever. And Megan's, like, kind of tired of having her life planned out for her understandably Mm -hmm. and then her dad's like a little bit more understanding like oh okay like if you've really thought this through like we'll figure it out which i think is closer to like a healthier response in this situation because getting mad at her is not going to change her mind obviously right but yeah yeah. and mary lashes out and says like well mitch you're just happy you don't have to pay for college anymore it's like (laughs) oh right yeah yeah, they just need to have an honest talk it out, like, you know, because, yeah, there's so many options for her. She doesn't have to go to Berkeley. Right. And part of it's definitely projecting because Mary got pregnant at 17 and wasn't able to go to college and had to, like, put her dreams on hold. And mm-hmm. so she wants for Megan what Mary didn't get, which isn't fair, obviously. It, you know, like, just because she has the opportunity doesn't mean it's still what she wants. Right. Mitch gets a call from the hospital, and Megan, Kenny, and Mary all hop in the car to rush over. Cameron got in a car accident with Jane, but he's okay. Back at home, Mary and Mitch have a heart-to-heart and say that they have lost their way and don't know if they'll find it again. Mary talks to her mom, and she helps her see that Megan not going to college is not that big of a deal. Mary has the same conversation with Megan. Yeah, so this is the scene we get from the, the very first scene of them all hopping in the car. Yeah, which <laughs> the I didn't, flash forward. I didn't see this before, but because it, it's very unclear what's happening in the first scene. So I thought people were stealing a car. Because I was like, uh, well, they're jumping in a car, they all look nervous, you know, they're like skidding away. I was like, okay, this is the storyline. The kids are stealing a car. <laughs> and then later I was like, oh, definitely not what happened. So they get a call that... Cameron's in the hospital and they have to rush over um and we learned that he was drunk driving and got in a car accident right which they really brush that over they really don't because like they mention that he's like drunk and they have to carry him into the house but they're not they don't really talk about drunk yeah, driving I, was, I wasn't super clear on what happened because I was like wait is he feeling drunk because they gave him medication at the oh. hospital or was he actually like drunk driving I assumed he was drunk driving, but I guess that's a good point. He could have been just, like, on morphine. Yeah, because he, he was, like, injured. He he was, like, in the hospital. Right. Did they not say he was drunk? Because I maybe mean, I just assumed that from the way he was acting. He he said he felt drunk, or he, he was like, oh, I'm drunk, or something, when he's, like, coming back from the hospital. Right. So, yeah, so I wasn't sure if he was, like, actually drunk, or he was, like, high off oh. of some medication. They probably should have clarified that, because... Getting into a car accident from reckless driving, I mean, it's bad, but it's much different than getting into a car accident because you were drunk driving. Yeah, because, like, at the hospital, they were all kind of, like, nonchalant about it. Like, Jane was like, oh, I told him not to go that fast. And then his dad was like, oh, maybe this will teach him a lesson. Yeah. So I was like, like, wait, what? He could have died. And then, like, also, and there's another part where Megan looks at the camera and is like, you thought we were going to kill off my brother in the first episode? I was like, what were we supposed to think? You all rushed to the hospital. Like, it, it, it's very, like, it, the, like, Barry the Fourth Wall commentary is, like, very condescending to the audience. Right. And I was like, 
Yes, I did think you were killing off the brother because that's what that's what was implied by the storytelling. So what you trying to make me feel stupid for picking up what you're putting down? Yeah, it is an odd choice to be like snarky with the audience. Yeah, like even like what if somebody likes Dawson's Creek and wants to watch watch this show also and she's I like I do like Dawson's yeah, Creek yeah and she's like Dawson's Creek is a bad show you know in the beginning and you're like well okay well joke's on you because they got six seasons so <laughs> right. but yeah no I agreed it's I really didn't like it <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't make sense because why would you want to alienate your audience which also like goes to the point of they don't know who their audience is and it's obviously not people that liked my so-called life and Dawson's Creek and I forget. I don't know if they mentioned another show as well, but those are all like mostly teenage girls. I mean, I think a lot of other people did like those shows as well, but I think the target audience was teenage girls. And so that leaves the question, who is this show for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not clear. Yeah. Probably wasn't clear to, ne- to the network either, and they canceled right. it. <laughs> and this was on Fox. So... Okay, Fox had a lot of those shows i'm trying to think what the other shows we watch oh beverly hills so beverly hills 90210 was also on fox and this is 1999 so beverly hills was still on at this time right so it's all competing with that obviously and when you when it shows in its ninth year like it already it's it has an audience right people are watching it yeah um and then sweet valley high was also on fox which mm-hmm. ended before this and then party of five was also currently on at this time which i think party of five was probably the biggest competitor to this at the time i don't know yeah this one both party of five and um this one they're more family teen dramas right so yeah they would have been probably targeting the same people i that's what my guess would be and party of five won that right. so they were like yeah and then the oc is on fox um starting in 2003 so mm-hmm. i feel like the oc kind of took the beverly hills 90210 spot because it's more like wealthy teens doing wealthy things yeah so that makes sense and then and then like as i think like at this time like the wb had the most successful uh teen shows because it was like roswell and then gilmore girls um, later, so right. Fox was not doing too hot. With besides Beverly Hills, I guess actually Party of Five was pretty successful, so I don't. That's not mm-hmm. necessarily true, but um, Freaks and Geeks was on NBC at in nine, at the same time, which also got one season. So they were probably also competing, yeah, against each other because they're two different networks. Um, but, and then, yeah, the WB had Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dawson's Creek, Roswell. They had all the big ones that people wanted to watch. So that's, I think, the WB kind of got the reputation of, right. like, the teen show channel, which worked out for them. And the WB went on to be the CW, right? Right, yeah. Which it now is, now like, is... the teen drama sh- channel. Yeah, because they, like, found their niche. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we're going to target to teens. And obviously, they're still very successful in that. Um, yeah. So I think like because the main networks like ABC, Fox, NBC, um, like didn't. I feel like I mean they were obviously had some successful like teen shows, but I feel like now you don't really find many teen shows on those networks. It's all streaming and the CW. Yeah. And we see this is one of the only scenes we see the grandma in like have a full like conversation because she's been like here like, she's been in the scenes but she doesn't really say much yeah and then she sits down with Mary and talks to her about like she's like you know I've been really thinking about teenage I don't she's like teenage girls rebelling and blah 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 and Mary's like I know Megan's the worst and then she's like no Mary I'm talking about you she's like what yeah. and she's like you got pregnant at seventeen of course that wasn't like what I wanted for you but you know it worked out we're all here like don't be so hard on Megan right yeah yeah because they they're going through like similar or I guess at this age you know there's a lot of decisions you have to make big life decisions right and yeah Mary has a very set plan for Megan but 
she's gotta be humbled because right. she went through the same thing when she was a teenager. Exactly. And then Mary goes to Megan and is like, you know, I've been thinking about teenagers rebelling. And then Megan's like, you're talking about yourself, right? And Mary's like, yeah, I am. Because <laughs> like, you can see like Megan's like a little, like she's more perceptive, is that the right word? Of like what what's going on. And she's like, yeah, mom, like you rebelled when you were a teenager. I'm also rebelling. Like we're not so different. And like her mom's the only one that kind of doesn't see the parallels. Right. But then she comes around and is like, you know, like, if you don't want to go to college like we will figure it out basically mm-hmm. yeah also yeah mary and mitch have their final kind of argument and they decide that they want to try to work it out right which, yeah i was getting tired of that storyline like every scene of them together was an argument yeah and like i feel like i mean i I agree, like, parents fight, parents get divorced, like, that's very common, especially in America, but, like, I feel like that's, like, like, pe- like teen shows don't know what else to do with, like, parents. They're, like, okay, like, we, what someone, like, they have to have some type of, like, marital issues, and then there has to be a question of divorce, and, like, or, like, a cheating scandal, or something, like, they don't know how else to, like... Yeah make conflict yeah no character can have loving parents right exactly doesn't make for good tv or if they do then like like if, it, if the show starts with the loving parents eventually something will happen throughout mm-hmm. the seasons because like no no i mean i agree like no marriage is perfect and i think it's important to show like the hard parts of marriage but not every marriage ends in divorce and not every marriage like is constantly like bickering mm-hmm. but these ones are, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning, Mary makes breakfast for everyone, and she receives flowers from Mitch. Kenny gets his airwalks down from a telephone wire, and a girl comes to ask him what he's doing. She is new in town, and Kenny offers to show her around. His dad comes by and offers to go for a ride with him. Megan kisses a boy and rides on the back of his motorcycle. So this is... They wrapped everyone up in yes. a little bow at the end of the pilot. Yeah. Which I was kind of disappointed that the like Mary Mitch resolution was Mary makes breakfast and Mitch gets her flowers because I feel like that's kind of where they started because they talk about like oh we used to like used to make breakfast for us we used to like we used to catch up over breakfast and like blah 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 and it's like obviously like that they stopped doing that which I think they think is the problem but it's like obviously something went wrong like if you just go back to what you're doing before i don't know if that's gonna fix the issue the root problem <laughs> you know right these are kind of like band-aids right they it's need not... couples counseling yeah yeah <laughs> but i guess it's a sign of something good to come maybe right at least they're putting in effort yeah again which is a good start i guess mm-hmm. but i feel like if i was married i would like start to resent mitch because i'm like i'm not like like, like, me making breakfast everyone doesn't fix things, you know? Like, it's, uh-huh. like, we should, it should, it's a give and take. Like, me making breakfast, or, like, Mary making breakfast for, like, five people of the house, and Mitch buying flowers is not equal. Like, this is not an equal partnership. Like, I mean, obviously this one scene, we'll see, I mean, throughout the season, I'm sure they do more, but I was like, ugh. Yeah. I, like I mean, we can see, like, from Mary's perspective, she does, like, everything for the family right. while Mitch just works on his company right. and stuff but but he gave some examples of where like she just doesn't realize what he's doing right like like she's like oh why didn't we watch a movie together and she was like and he was like oh I was taking Kenny with his boy scouts right you know? that's true it's like yeah so she yeah she's just not as aware of what other people are doing for her and for the family she just focuses on herself that's true but he, i forgot he does mention that and that's like when he shows like oh he asked kenny to go for a ride um like it's him putting in more effort with the kids because she was saying like oh you don't spend any time with the kids mm-hmm. even though he kind of proved he did but maybe i guess he hasn't in a while because i feel like boy scouts implies kenny was probably like a bit younger than now which i mean you can yeah. still be a boy scout in high school but you know, I don't know. true but yeah, they both need to do some work. Yeah, couple couples counseling right. would be helpful. Yeah, other things. 
which I feel like is not a very common uh, happening in teen shows of parents going to therapy together, but yeah, maybe this show will prove us wrong. <laughs> Doubtful, but uh, true. Um, and then the air walks thing comes back from the beginning scene, which yeah. I like had like a flashback to like oh my god airwalks like i like I hadn't thought of airwalks in like seven thousand years yeah i was like oh yeah i used to wear airwalks yeah when i was a kid like go to payless you're uh-huh. like oh, look at my airwalks but right. uh payless isn't a store anymore wow right didn't they go out of business i think so sad so can't go to payless and get your airwalks anymore but i remember yeah. those being really cool and like like early elementary school, like it was like early two thousands for us, because mm. I don't know if I was wearing shoes in ninety nine, but I guess I was probably. You could walk at three, I don't know. Um, yes. T B D, I don't know. You were just being carried everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was a lazy three year old. Um but yeah, he uh goes I guess Cameron has thrown his shoes over a telephone uh wire and he mm-hmm. goes to get them with a ladder, which I'm like, who gave this child a gigantic ladder? Okay. Um, and then there's like a rando girl that comes up and is yeah. like, Hey, let's be friends. I was like, This is cute. Like it kind of already shows that he's like getting over Jane mm-hmm. and is like, Oh, this new girl and it's like let's let's, uh, let's be friends. Yeah. So I like that. And then we see Megan rebelling on the back of the boys' motorcycle. Which I was like, it's not Frank Ortiz, obviously. I was like, multiple boys have motorcycles in the show. <laughs> I know. Wait, can you can you ride a motorcycle when you're like 16? Yeah, you just have to have a motorcycle license. Oh, okay. So you could get that instead of a driver's license if you wanted to, oh, I guess. No. But it seems unlikely. I mean, my parents are totally parents would have let me get a motorcycle license. <laughs> Let alone buy me a motorcycle, like, excuse me, but I, I guess, guess like, if people. people's parents are into motorcycles, maybe they That's would, like, true. encourage their kid to ride a motorcycle. Uh-huh. Um, just like in the, the kissing booth, he yeah, rides a motorcycle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a reference that everyone understands, obviously. <laughs> yeah, so that's the end of the episode, yeah. right? Yeah, any mm-hmm. final thoughts on it? Um... No, this was just an interesting format for a yeah. show. I don't, I didn't really like it that much. They, yeah, they were just talking to the audience too much, and then they were like self-aware. But I was like, are they being like a narrator, like self-aware, or is the character actually self-aware? Right. It's like very like. Isn't that how like Ferris Bueller's Day Off is like? I haven't seen that movie, but isn't that yeah, how he, it is? Like yeah, he, he talks to the audience. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I feel like when did that come out? The eighties. The eighties. Okay, so like I don't know if that was like a reference they were trying to do, mm. or because like I feel like people liked that movie and like that was like a well received, like, you know that that format was like good for that movie. So I wonder if they were like playing off of that. I don't know. Yeah, I did. I did like that movie. But he was more like kind of like cheeky. Right. Like he's like, oh, I'm skipping school <laughs> and like stuff. So right. It was, it was like, like more like cute, like like quippy and like charismatic mm-hmm. and like because this was very like like I said like it was like very condescending. Like it, it it didn't give the audience like the benefit of the doubt or like it it was talking down to its audience, which mm-hmm. I don't know who likes that, especially when. I'm assuming they were targeting teenagers, like, if they were just like, oh, teenagers aren't smart enough to get this, we're going to talk down to them. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, and I think it also wasn't that helpful for um, character development, because by the end, I still didn't really know people's personalities that well. Right. It was, and it was also very lazy in the way that, like, instead of, like, showing us stuff, it was the characters telling us, like... Megan's like, oh, I have a good body, and I'm a valedictorian, and I'm gonna be, like, going to Berkeley, and then Kenny's like, well, Megan used to date this person, but they're broken up, and it's like, you could have shown us, like, Megan breaking up, or you, with her boyfriend, or you could have done, like, a flashback, or you could have done a, like, hey, like, hey, Brad, I know we broke up last week, but, you know, like, you like, it could have been, like, more... Like, like so woven, woven in. into the storyline instead yeah. of just being like things happen and then cut to like a, a monologue of all these things happened in the past now we now we're caught up and it's like okay 
Yeah. But And it wasn't like a one, because maybe it would have been different if it was one cohesive, like if Kenny kind of like narrated the whole thing, if it was a more like, I'm Kenny, this is the story of my family, and like, he did the whole thing, maybe mm. it would have been different, but because it jumped back between, and it was almost an even, like I feel like we didn't get as much from Cameron, like he was like kind of not as involved in the story, mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm confused, but yeah. So I think it was, it thinks it's a lot smarter than it actually was. Mm -hmm. Like they were very like kind of pretentious and the writing was kind of pretentious, but like now looking back, obviously like it didn't work and yeah, um, I mean, they tried something. They tried to be different and set themselves apart. Didn't really work out, but I wonder if the writers went and like did anything else after this. Hmm. Because, yeah, like, maybe. maybe they did this, and then they were like, oops, it didn't work, and they went on and, like... I mean, at least whoever um, cast this show was good... That's true, ...at picking ca- yeah. actors, because, you know, Anne Hathaway, big name. True. So, should we get into who's Endgame? <laughs> Do we have anything <laughs> to say about Endgames this episode? Mm. Do you think I, so, Ben? <laughs> I was going to say um, Kenny and the girl next door. Right. Who shows up at the end. That, yeah, I was like, that must be a thing. Do we think Kenny and Jane are going to date, though? Or do you think that's, like, a pilot thing that's done? Yeah, I think it's done. Okay. But but do you think Jane and Cameron will date, then? Well, I was looking on IMDb, and I think January Jones is only in the pilot. Oh, okay, So, so no. Yeah, no. Okay, I assume because, like, I recognize January Jones' name, that was like, oh, she must be in it, but that makes sense. Yeah, but it's, like, also her first acting credit, I think. Right, so it's right. Like, yeah, so I was like, wow, impressive. Yeah. Um, like, three, three of them went on to be pretty famous. Right. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, I think, I think, uh, Kenny and, yeah, Girl Next Door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cameron, Cameron somebody, will, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he'll find somebody. They're, yeah, they, like, we did, we didn't really get many options. It's because it's not really like an ensemble. It's like just the family, so it's like they hate each other. Oh, you know. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. That's. I mean, I hope Mary and Mitch work it out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they stay together. Yeah, I don't know. It's already looking bleak for them, but hopefully, there's the only get goes up from here. Right. Right. Maybe the grandma will date someone. <laughs> All right, that's, is it, anything else? Um, yeah, well, this was our last 90s show. Yeah. Next show we cover will be in the 2000s, so get ready for a whole new decade yeah. of TV. That's it for this week, and that's it mm-hmm. for the 90s. You can subscribe uh, to our podcast on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. Give us a review uh, and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Not Another Teen Drama. And next week, we're taking a break and we're doing a bonus episode when, where we'll wrap up all of our 90 shows and uh, talk about what we've discussed so far and see where we're going. So, yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.